JT and Looney podcast is powered by our friends at Bet Online. Back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. They've got more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online still remains the number one spot for all your basketball and football action. Head to the new, updated desktop or mobile website and get your 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pretty cool deal. Just enter our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 50. B-L-E-A-V, 50. Believe 50 to receive your bonus. Because, of course, we are powered by the Believe Radio Network, in addition to our friends at Bet Online, From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts. Episode 107. I love our podcast because we don't have to talk about inflation. David Ward tonight is worried about inflation, the cost of consumer products going up as I guess ships are offshore in Long Beach and Baltimore and harbors and they can't get in and they wait and then we're able to bring them in and prices go up and our cost of goods around the world. Aren't you happy that we don't have to do a podcast on inflation? Oh, my God. The only co- the only I know you can't say this, but I can. The only class I cheated on in college. <laughs> Was economics? Oh my God, bore me to death. And you remember how I used to get upset if we—I I refused to talk about collective bargaining agreements or caps or above the cap, a cap hit, all that because I, I was afraid. Not only did it bore me, I figured if it bored me to death, it would bore the listener to death. That is a great way. Every young broadcaster should understand that anything that would bore the shit out of me and you shouldn't be on a podcast right. or on a radio show. I always say that whenever I'm by myself. Uh, in my boxers, doing my radio show from home now, I always say to myself, what would bore someone? I can't put that on my radio show. And inflation would definitely do that. Oh, yeah. No, and although you can bring it to the personal. I noticed that the chicken wings <laughs> at Greyhound are so much more expensive than they used to be. So chicken wing prices have gone up, as has everything else. But I, personally, it really hits me in the chicken wing wallet. Well, inflation is the rate at which the value of currency is falling and consequently the general level of prices of goods and services as they rise. And the reason I brought this up was for a reason. Still to this day, as a 55-year-old man, I have no idea what anything costs. I don't shop. I don't go to any grocery store. I don't go to Costco. I never, when I say never look at a gas price, I've never looked at the price of gasoline in my life. I pull up to the same gas station the majority of the time. I take the middle. I used to take the middle. Now with one of my cars, I have to take the high-end premium. I put it in. I put my credit card in, and it's like roulette. Sometimes when the economy is good, it's $43. Other times it's $50. Now it's $68, but it doesn't matter. I need to put the petrol in the car and drive off anyway. It's interesting you say that because also you have had a respect for money in terms of that you've been interested in the stock market. You studied the stock market. You worked on Wall Street, et cetera. But I have never had – it's just like you one time – when I, I needed to get a car and I had to write down how much I made, I was way, way off under. <laughs> so uh, I, sometimes I'm the same way 
with my own money. Once, you know, we check with the account and everything, I was way, way off under. I made way more money than I thought I did. How many, how often does that happen to people? And I, I've always kind of been the same way in that I, I, I fly by the seat of my pants and I sleep eight hours a day. One other thing I saw on the news is that the prices of used vehicles are going through the roof because they're not making that electronic chip that goes into refrigerators and computers and in cars. So we let our son, our oldest son at Oklahoma, have our Chevy Tahoe. And it's a great vehicle and it's paid for and it's great. And it's it's in good shape. By the way, as a consumer advocate, my brother always says. It's best when your car is paid for because then you don't have to over go crazy with the insurance because you get you can just get the liability. The best way to save your money in life is not to celebrate by getting a new car, pay off your car fully and then drive that one. So that's so good. Tahoe's daughter. in Oklahoma. It's in Norman, Oklahoma, in the parking lot of a fraternity house. And I'm begging that it stays there. I don't want anybody to get in it. I don't want everybody to drive to pick up more beer. I don't want to pledge to drive and I don't want someone else to drive. It who's not under my insurance. So it just sits there. And then I was looking and talking to my wife when we got an email and the value of that vehicle has shot through the roof to the point where it's probably worth $8,000 more. Wow. And I wouldn't say them when we got it, when it was new. But over the price of the last couple of years, but I can't do anything about it. So I'm just you hoping that can. he doesn't nick it up. He doesn't do anything. And then when he brings it back this summer, we'll take it to the lot because of the way the economy is with these cars. And maybe they'll give me an offer we can't refuse. Well, you just we'll gave me a, a great idea because we got in a fender bender with the Toyota Sequoia. It's in the shop. It's going to cost a couple thousand dollars to fix Ooh. it. But now that you mentioned that, uh, I'm going to take a look at how much we would get by selling it. I never th- I hadn't thought of that. I just wanted to fix it. Uh, because I, again, I love not having the car payment, just having the liability payment. It's a great way to save yourself a lot of money in life. People can, people ridiculously pay, get full coverage on a car that's already been paid for and not realizing what a horrendous waste of money it is, but we don't want to do the Clark Howard show. We want to do JT and Looney. Well, one other thing on that too, is if you look at the payout vehicle at the end of your lease, I've been leasing cars. We always own one and lease another. I've always done that for work reasons. And now if you look at the payout number at the end of your lease, there's always a number at the end of your lease. You can Mm -hmm. have this car for 26,000 or $19,000. I also learned that that number is exploding up in value. So when, depending on when you leased your car, if you had a two, three year lease, if you look at the number now, you might have no choice other than to buy that vehicle because the price of that used vehicle has gone up and you have to do it. So that's something also for you mean because the price at. you're locked into is so much lower than it would yes. be. Uh-huh. Yes. And typically that's never a deal. Whenever I've been done with the three year lease, I've always taken the car back and dropped the keys off and said, I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then I'll either roll it into a new three year lease or get a new vehicle. But that's what I'm hearing now. So for everybody who is into cars, we started off by saying, I don't know the price of milk. I don't know the price of anything. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I do know cars now. There's value there. And a lot of people, a lot of people that I know personally, Tom, over the years, I either have car guys, guys who can fix cars, yep. like my buddy Dan Herc. He can get in and he could take a broken down vehicle and make it brand new. And then other guys, who want nothing to do with the car. They just want to drive up to the lot, point something out, have them set it up and bring it to the front of the showroom and drive it off. And they don't want to look at anything. I, I'm more of that guy. I'm that guy too. My, You just described my brother and I. My brother is the guy who knows how the car runs. 
my brother, a guy who, who loves to know how a car runs. My brother, still at 60, can take a look at any car on the road and tell you what it is. Remember how, if you go back in the hot tub time machine, people say cars used to be, be more unique and you could tell everyone from the other. My brother still can. He still knows that, that you know that oh that's an Audi three thousand X two X four seven seven seven. My brother is great with cars. You can take him apart. Great with gadgets, and uh, he's uh, he's quite a, a unicorn in the way that you and I have worked in the advertising business. The radio business is the advertising business, aiming our product at people ages twenty five to fifty four. Normally, over the age of fifty four, four people don't get any new technology, any new product. They stick with what they've been they've been buying. But not my brother. He's pretty amazing. He's got the i i watch, the Apple Watch, the Apple, the iPhone. He's really missed a technology head, a button head, and that's where I got some of that from. Speaking of new cars and luxury vehicles, Odell Beckham Jr. is now a Ram. Yes. He is in Los Angeles. So just off the top of our head, we don't reserve, uh, uh, rehearse our podcast like other people read their radio shows. But let's just start going through some of the stars now in L.A. And is it fair oh. to say that this is the all time, all time high? So we know I'll start with the Rams. Matthew Stafford, I'm not a huge fan of his, but he's a star, star quarterback. Jalen Ramsey might be the best corner in the league. He's a star. Aaron Donald is the, not the, the best defensive player in all of football. Oh, nothing. Von Miller. Ever hear of him? He's a Hall of Famer. He was the MVP of a Super Bowl. He's there. Odell Beckham Jr., who I think he's like a Kardashian. You don't want to say he's a celebrity, but he's one of the, the biggest celebrities out there. Yeah. And Tom, that's just on the football team. Let's move to your Lakers. Of oh, the Los Angeles Lakers who have the team that I always said I wanted. And you would just move along, figuring it was loony being flippant and silly and move along to the next topic. I mean, that is that that actually happened for years on the show yeah. when we did it together. You would just move along to the next topic when I and you would figure I was getting bored when I would say that I, I want LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Carmelo, Carmelo, Anthony. Remember how he used to just, I used to yeah, say you want that, it all. I, I wanted all those guys on the Lakers and now I got all those guys on the Lakers. And so you those, used to think I was being flippant. So those are four Hall of Famer superstars. Then there's Shohei Otani, who's an international oh, superstar. He's got a Babe Ruth on the Angels. Yeah. And Mike Trout, if he could ever get back to playing baseball again and not banging his finger or wrist or pulling something. Yeah, he's, JJ Watt, be the next. Yeah. Uh, he's a superstar. Then you got Mookie Betts. Oh, my God. Uh, he's Mookie great. Betts. Who's also a professional bowler. He's just an amazing guy. Good looking star, a clutch player. And depending what happens to Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer. So just think about the level of stars that we're talking about. Then you go to hockey. There's two hockey teams, but there's not a Gretzky, Kopitar. There's not a, a superstar in right. L.A. like there were. And then you go to Chip Kelly at UCLA, and his star is not shining as much. But you got two teams that there is not a Reggie Bush right now in a liner, unfortunately. There oh, isn't. there's not. Unfortunately, USC. Wouldn't it be great if USC was good right now? Unbelievable. Yeah, and, then and then there's two little soccer teams that play in little soccer venues. Oh, Everybody God. runs around and pretends they're in Europe, and they're watching Ronaldo and David Beckham. And, and they the do park. a really good job pretending they're in Europe. Those are, those are rowdy ha soccer fans in Los Angeles. For the L.A. Football Club and the Galaxy. The L.A. Football Club is amazing. 
from day one, you would think they had been in this city. You would think it was Julio Cesar Chavez they were coming to see. Uh, the, it was unbelievable. That It's like that, that team has been in this city since 1899, the L.A. Football Club. It's rowdy. It's loud. They're passionate. I don't know how they did it, but they pulled off a great team with a great following, and they're brand new. And then we have to add Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi's hurt. Oh, God. Paul George is yeah. playing, but those are two elite superstars. Yeah. So with the addition, and as we talk about the addition and what's happening in Los Angeles with Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, imagine trying to get a dinner reservation at one of the great restaurants on the Sunset Stripper in Hollywood and, and 16 celebrity athletes in that town <laughs> right. all at the best table on a Saturday night. I've never seen anything like it, and it just goes to show you that the Rams – Rams don't care about draft picks. I can't remember a time when a team was all in. I mean, Brady's all in because everybody just wants to play with Brady, but the Rams are going out of their way to give up draft picks like for years to come and pay anybody, whatever they want and get guys who are cut and guys like this. They're amazing. And they better win because they were in the Super Bowl a few years ago and it was the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen in my lifetime. <laughs> with Jared Goff. I don't want to see him in the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, who's never won a playoff game in Detroit. They better be ready. Well, I will tell you, you never won a playoff game in Detroit. You can say that about, that about anybody who's ever played for the Detroit Lions except for that 44 to six game against the Dallas Cowboys in the early 1990s. Who was the, who was the quarterback then? Oh, that's I, I, great. That's I never great, ask your yeah. co-host a question. He cannot answer, but I would love to know who's the quarterback of that team. I think it was that guy from Pierce college. And, uh, and I think it was, it was Fontes, the host. It was the, the host, the, Wayne the, the coach of that Wayne Fonts, Fonts the, head coach. Been the head coach at the time, but you know, that's an anomaly. That is, you know, that is the 101 year old lady that smokes Marlboro reds. Uh, the, the Detroit Lions going to the Super Bowl. So anybody who's or going to the playoffs, anybody who's ever played for the Detroit Lions hasn't won a playoff game. Matthew Stafford has got skills. And right now, the number one quarterback in the National Football League of of the quarterbacks who've started every game for their team, according to my trusty quarterback rating, Matthew Stafford is, not opinion fact, the best quarterback in the National Football League. It's incredible. Aaron Rodgers missed a game because he said he was immunized. We covered that on a recent podcast. Derek Carr put up a stinker at MetLife against the Giants. Patrick Mahomes, oh, nothing. He forgot how to play football. He went through a stretch He's where he awful. forgot how to play football. And there are some great quarterbacks in this league. Cam Newton is back. With Carolina, he signed earlier. It totally today. makes sense. Two deal. things that made sense today that nobody predicted. There's all these talk shows, all these podcasts. Everyone's got a podcast in their basement talking about football. All these guys got all these talk shows. And I, I don't know, did you even predict that Cam Newton would go back to the Panthers and that what a perfect fit in Los Angeles it would be for Odell Beckham Jr.? No, but I am about to make a prediction. Matt Rule is going to get fired sooner than he thought because he went all in on Sam Darnold and he's bringing Cam Newton back in here. I thought this guy, Matt Rule, when he came in, they, remember they went 3-0 and to start this year. 3-0. and Everybody's saying, oh my God. I remember, I think it was Fox NFL on Sunday. It might have been Aaron Andrews or one other reporter went out and did a feature on Sam Darnold because he was 3-0. and And I said, wow, look at this. And then I don't think they've won a game. Right? I know, it's, it's been awful. It's been awful ever but uh, Matt Rule is going to be in trouble if he can't find a quarterback, just like Robert Sala is going to get fired eventually with the Jets if his quarterback, Zach Wilson, can't end up playing. And 
Dan Campbell, right? The guy who just spits fire and he wants to fight everybody in Detroit. Oh, well, you're on the hot, yeah, you're on the hot seat in Detroit from the day you get there. Yeah, the day you get there <laughs> and your wife wants to buy a house in Auburn Hills and the realtor goes to your wife and says, don't buy, just rent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. rent. Yeah. Keep, keep that house in Florida. <laughs> This past Saturday night, I saw 78-year-old Mick Jagger sprinting by me, sprinting. So my wife and I, who met at the Stones, and that's our big trip, and I posted the article that they did the day of the concert on the cover of the paper, JT the Brick owes his life to the Stones. I mean, what are the odds of the article coming out that day? It's on Facebook at JT the Brick. And we had some great lower pit tickets that's in front of general admission, like the general admission of the pit. And we're there. And it was one of the greatest stone shows I've ever seen. I can't believe I could say this after seeing him so many times. And right. Mick was 78. And there were points where there's a catwalk that goes from the stage all the way out to like the 50 yard line in a football stadium. And he doesn't jog. He sprints and he, he's supposed to get about seven to nine miles per show is what I was reading. In yeah. And for, for before shows for years, he used to run 10 miles a day. Right. And he's in tremendous shape. And that was an experience. And, uh, oh, you, so- you know, it's amazing when you see them, because no matter where you're sitting and the way they set up the stages now, especially and with the uh, with the great optics you've got now too at a concert where you don't have a bad seat because you can see it on a big screen. But you do feel like he is. He when I saw it was before the optics, when I saw them, I remember he came out and he would point to the last row and jump up in the air and make sure the people in the last row at the football stadium, wherever I was seeing it, it could uh, and wherever he was playing could could uh, could connect with him and he could uh, connect with them. Uh, I don't know if there's a better person with uh, stage presence on the planet than Mick Jagger. He is the greatest front man of all time for those who argue. Are the Rolling Stones the greatest rock band of all time? Let me tell you why you you look silly in the argument. The argument's all about longevity. Led Zeppelin died very early when John Bonham died. So they were unbelievable, maybe pound for pound, the greatest band of all time. And didn't try to forge forth without them. And they didn't go without Bonham after that. And other bands go through it also. And Queen lost Freddie Mercury. No matter who you get, the Grateful Dead lost Jerry Garcia. The Doors lost Jim Morrison. Absolutely great point. The fact that the Stones are putting out quality rock and roll and performing into their late 70s at a high level really gives them the ability to lap the field and say, look, if you you didn't get us and you don't understand it, too bad. We are the world champs here. I just had an unbelievable experience. And the thing I wanted to share with you, which was great, my wife was in such a good place that night of the show, and she she calls them her neighbors. Who are the people around you at the mm-hmm. show? Okay. You need good neighbors at a concert. If you I have know. one drunk who's throwing up or one stupid idiot, it can ruin a night. We see that at baseball games where fights mm-hmm. happen yep. or a football game, and we were getting to know the people around us, and there were a couple of dads and moms with their kids, and we really regretted that. Our sons are off in college. And they weren't able to come, but I definitely wish I would have brought my sons to this show because all the parents who had their kids around me, and I was talking to a dad roughly the same age as I, and he had his daughter with him, and it was the first time she was ever going to see the Rolling Stones, and she got it. She understood it. It might be the last. She caught a great set. Mick was right above her. She could almost touch his leg. 
And after the show, I go, what'd you think? And she goes, this could have been the best concert of my life. And she, she was only 17 years old and her whole life's in front. Well, it will ruin every other concert she goes to. The Stones concert I went to was the first one I had. I'd seen the Stones several times, but the first time I ever went, it was my first concert. Barely knew what a concert was. I was 15. And then it kind of, you know, it's like seeing Gone with the Wind as your first movie or whatever. Going to the Super Bowl is your first game. Going to a great Super Bowl is your first football game. It ruins every other concert you ever go to if your first concert is the Rolling Stones. But this, you know, there are bigger problems. And that's another thing that has changed over the course of generations. People of previous generations never, <laughs> they mocked the music that their parents listened to and wouldn't consider going to a going to a rolling stones concert with their parents or vice versa parents taking their children to the because the children wouldn't go to see mel torme <laughs> over, over the years or whatever it was to see lawrence welk with their grandparents but now grandparents and parents can take children this is going to be i don't know how long that will ever last uh this is a several generation music sensation called rock and roll and usually rock and roll, over, over the course of the past century plus 20 years, let's say since 1900, parents and children do not listen to the same music. My grandfather liked, yes, there, yes we have no bananas, he used to walk around and sing. And uh, so you, you wouldn't catch him at a Rolling Stones concert. Just thought it was a bunch of yelling. So that's really cool what has happened with the state of music. And uh, that reaches through generations like sports does with kids now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of people in Vegas where the stones are coming through. It's Las Vegas where Sinatra, the Rat Pack, Elvis. I mean, the biggest stars to ever perform have performed in Vegas. So I've always said this about Vegas for music. We, it's too early to tell with football. But with music, artists come here and they want to give some, a little bit more. Just like right. you would if, if you're at Madison Square Garden, if you're at the Hollywood Bowl, whatever it is, you're in an iconic venue. Just Vegas. Hey, JT, is it because they want to keep the perk as well? Because it pays really well in Vegas and there's a lot of perks about playing Vegas. Is that yeah. another reason? Absolutely. You get to stay in a casino. There's gambling, fine dinners, comps back right. in the day. So, you know, Vegas is a place, nothing against Ames, Iowa, <laughs> Portland. But when you're done with the show in Portland, uh, you want to get on the plane and leave. You don't want to stay yeah. in Vegas. You want to stay. But I had friends of mine who said, and I was friends who could get tickets. You could get tickets. They were pretty expensive. And they're like, no, I'm going to pass. And I'm like, what'd you say? You're going to pass? Like, what the hell could you be doing in your life? This is a great way to judge your life currently today. Look at your watch and look at the calendar. If you ever get invited to do something as big as the Rolling Stones, and you can do it, you have nothing on the calendar, and you say no, you got a problem in your life. If you won't leave the comfort of your home, get an Uber, a taxi, find a way to drive, and get to see a Rolling Stones. Go create Stone. a memory. Go, go to the memories. That's where they are. Well, and some people, you know, I get it. I grew up in New York. Oh, you want to go to the Yankee game? Yeah, I do, of course. But I got to go over the bridge or I got to go this way or I got to sit in traffic for two hours. I always hear that about the Giants and the Jets from Long Island. Yeah, I want to go, but they suck. And I don't want to sit in traffic for four hours coming home. I get it. But there are bigger things in life. Dinners. Friends are in town. Mm. Hey, you get invited to some new place that you heard about. You find the time to do it. You drop everything. And I, I'm going through that stage in my life. Maybe it has to do with the fact that I'm empty nesting for the first time. Right. My kids are away. I'm working like an animal. 
not that this is hard work. I'm not putting out oil fires or putting back <laughs> power lines after a snowstorm or running uphill at a machine gun nest as a member of the military, but I'm working really hard now. So when my wife and I get to Friday or Thursday night, we can't wait to do something. And we, we don't turn anything down anymore. Oh, you're in town. Oh, that concert. Oh, you're, you want to go to that new restaurant? Yes. So I think more people need to do that now because we're coming through a pandemic. We're not at the end of it, but when we couldn't do stuff, we're coming through yeah. a, a long period where we couldn't do stuff. And it reminded us how we need, you know, we, the, the lunch, even just the lunches that you put off mm. with friends okay, that you put off and put off and put off and next week. And then then all of a sudden you couldn't even have the lunch and you realize you shouldn't have put it off. And, you know, in a similar way to tie it even still to the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, when they would play Syracuse or Nashville or whatever, if they played Nashville, they'd stay in Vegas and fly to Nashville. Or if they played Syracuse, they'd stay in Manhattan and fly into Syracuse. If they did Syracuse two nights, they'd fly from Syracuse and do <laughs> they'd fly from Syracuse back to Manhattan to party all night or sleep and then go back to Syracuse. Now, Mick Jagger did this really cool thing this past this pe concert. He, he he stayed in the city where they were playing. So happy you're bringing this up. He's taking yeah. photos at these iconic spots and random spots. So when Mick's in Atlanta, which he is now, he'll go to the Martin Luther King Museum. He'll go to spots in right. town and no one will know he's there. No one will know he's there and he'll take a picture. He's been seen at bars and he'll just be looking at the camera and he's right around people. Then he'll go to the next spot here in Vegas. He was hiking at Red Rock. He was at the Neon Museum. He went to a whole bunch of spots. And that's cool because he's really, living his life. It's a really cool thing to do. And it, again, it also people like when you have are seen somewhere in their community. And he never did that before. And even marketing wise, because he's an economics major, he went to London School of e Economics. He's no dummy. And it's amazing. He's still working it at 78. And that's a really cool thing that he did. It also goes to show you, you know, I, I, you know I've seen Cher at the mall and Sean Penn at the gas station. You know, when and I, I've always said really famous people can move around quite easily, even without bodyguards when uh, in controlled situations like spontaneous, spontaneous situations. When they're in situations like Vegas and everyone says, here comes Oscar de la Hoya, you know, and then all of a sudden the crowds come or the Pope's in the Pope mobile and everyone says, here comes the Pope and everyone knows it's on the schedule. But the Pope in a flannel shirt can walk into a bar and unrecognized. And it's just uh, and, and so can Mick Jagger can kind of move around unrecognized if there's no one saying, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones. It was incredible to go to that concert and then like kids afterwards been telling you about this new Allegiant Stadium, home of the Raiders, and they have on the field, it's called the Win Field Club. It's a nightclub on the field, field level. So right when you watch a Raider game in the end zone, you look in the end zone and there's booths like bottle service, like a nightclub. And with the seats we had on the floor, we had a wristband and we had access to that. And in between the warm-up back and the stones, and then after the show, we sat there for about a, a half hour. And I thought of you because it was just so great in Vegas. They don't kick you out, you know, even, <laughs> after, the football game, even after the football game in Oakland, right. after Oakland, I do the post game show and I go, Hey, meet me at the post game show at the East side club. And someone would get a beer and they'd, they'd get ready to buy another beer. And the lady would be, we're closed. 
and it would be like 405 in Oakland. And we'd be like, what do you mean you're closed? The city's broke. You're broke. Everybody needs tip. Everybody wants money. I mean, the, the, we, you got to accept our money. We're buying drinks. Why are you closing? And it's because of unions and jobs in Vegas. After the Stone Show, we went to the Winfield Club, the nightclub, and we sat there and we had cocktails. Ooh, uh, broke my all-time record for paying for a cocktail. Are you ready? <laughs> and this isn't a slide. I'm not, I'm not negative on this. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, two Tito's and sodas. Oh, no. $42. Wow. Oh, my so I God. Think that's a new like- record. That's $21 a cocktail. So I've done a lot of 17, 18s. I think yeah. I've done 20. So 42. What do you tip on 42? <laughs> you, hold on. Don't say shit. If you tell me, if you tell, wait a second, because I claim to be a great tipper. Mm-hmm. And we've had our tipping podcast, which yes. is our greatest download. And I always say never trust anybody who says they're a great tipper. Okay, here we go. You've seen me tip. That's why I'm saying that. You know I'm a good tipper. I know. All right, so you the lady stand. you're on a line, and the line's not bad. Six or seven people. You get to the line. You don't go, mm, let me think of what I want. You know what you want. So I go, can I have two Tito's and soda? And the lady in front of me, the nice lady, I won't call her a server. She reaches into the well and picks up a bottle of Tito's. And then the gun, the soda gun with the club soda, pours it into two glasses over ice. Doesn't walk, doesn't go to the back, doesn't have to go down the bar right in front of me. And she says, $42. What is a good tip on that? Well, a good good one is just leave her the 50, right? Yes. I was getting to that. And I did have some 50s. Okay. I did that. I did that. I didn't do that for everyone. Still a little, that's still a little steep though. For what that that means you're consciously paying $25 a drink. Yeah. And that's, that's ridiculous because then you're playing into that world. So typically what mega math Scott Flansberg told me is you double the first number. So if the round is 55, you take the first number and you double it. So five, you double it, you make it 10, 20% and do that. But is it easier because there was no effort put into it to just give $3 and round it off to 45? Because then you're going between 45 and 50. And I was doing mostly the 50s that night. What would you do? Well, I would, I would normally do the 50. I've always been, a, and as you know, I've been a server. So I, I've been on every side of this. I've been an owner. I've been a server. And so I've always, and over the years too, I determined that my 20% was miscalculated because uh, you're supposed to do it from the you, you, uh, before tax. I never knew you're supposed to do it before tax. I always did it after tax, but um, I'm going to keep it that way, I guess. And so I have always done my my percentages the same the way Mega Math has, and that was always the easiest way to do it. But in that particular case, uh, fifty is fine because it's it so over. It's and so it's overpriced. Stones. And it's yeah. so yep. I love how you said that at the end. It's so overpriced. <laughs> You might as well do that. And let me ask you this question. When you go to an event, I've gone to because I did have to spend, I think, $14 a beer at, the, at Dodger Stadium. I'm pretty well, that's sure. even more important because you're not supposed to tip at the Congress. Oh, God. So you can't. Oh. So if you pay, if you pay 14 and 14 and it's 28 and you're standing there at the Dodger Concourse, which is cashless, it, it's hard to tip now, too, because it's Great. it's cashless. So you stick the card in and then it's done. There wasn't an option for a tip or anything. That'll please please some people. What about those machines? I'm seeing it more at the airport, more at the airport now where they guilt you in. They give you the choice of 15, 18, 20% in front of the worker who's looking right down at the machine. Oh, yeah. You're looking up and you bought a magazine, a Milky Way and two waters that were (laughs) nine bucks. And then they ask you for a tip. 
and you're at the airport and you're trying to catch a flight. Where do you stand on that? And, and you're at the airport, right? right. Well, you know, where you're flying to Paris and then you're, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> and, uh, and you're getting cheap with the person behind the counter. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're, you're in a big state. You're in a spot there, right? And they're looking at you. I don't think you really have to tip at retail. Uh, maybe at a coffee house, et cetera. And we've had, we've had, we've had that same argument back and forth as well about the, about the $2 coffee and how much you should tip, uh, because it doesn't seem like 20 or it seems like tipping 40 cents, which would be 20% is for, you know, it's 20%, but putting tink, tink. So you're guilted there into putting a dollar in the jar. Cause you look like, uh, an idiot going tink, tink, putting your change in the jar. So they're guilting us in a lot of ways. In a lot of spots, it might it, the local store in the corner, the corner store, they guilt you into a tip for buying a can of beer. Yeah, it, 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 they, they if you put the card in, it's got your choices for the tip. It's weird. One more thing on that, because I've been going to a few events, luckily, lately out here, emceed a few events where uh, the booze is free, but the bartenders are working hard and everybody's getting around. You tip five a drink. You're, oh, people want to tip a dollar. You tip. You they, tip. They, go, they go. They go get two drinks, a glass of wine for their wife and a Jack and Coke. And it's free. And they tip a dollar. And, and if I'm you like, know oh. that that would normally be 10, 15, right. 20 dollars, there's nothing wrong with slapping down a five. You've still saved yourself so much money. I would agree. I yeah. would agree. Oh, you God. have to you have to look at it that way. There is no doubt. Especially about right. It. And especially if you've been invited to an event where the, the booze is free. You know, a lot of people know who you are because it's not because the, the event doesn't have a thousand people out there, you know, there. So you do that out of respect also to the people that invited you. I'd like to dedicate this podcast to a man by the name of Scotty Medlock who died today. And Scotty is a world renowned artist. He's the PGA tour official artist. So he was the guy on the 18th hole of Pebble beach or at Augusta. And he would have the paintbrush and he would paint tiger woods. And he would have that iconic picture of tiger pumping his fist or Jack Nicholas overlooking the pod or Arnold Palmer. And Scotty became a really good friend of mine. I met him through Fred Bolitnikoff. And Scotty had a great event in Los Angeles. It was the Scotty Medlock Robbie Krieger of the Doors. It was the Medlock Krieger Celebrity Golf and All-Star Concert. And what they would do is they would raise money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. And Scotty would auction off a lot of art. And Robbie Krieger would have the greatest musicians come and play. It would be incredible. And I became really good friends with him over 10 years and we'd meet once or twice a year and just have a balls out great time. He had a cancer diagnosis. He fought really, really hard. And this was the guy that everybody you'd walk into a room and everyone would say, who's that guy? That's Scotty Medlock. He knew everybody. He was best friends with athletes, rock stars. Again, Arnold Palmer had him into his home. Jack Nicholas treated him well, like Arnold Palmer should have him into his home. His painting of Ar Arnold Palmer yes. might be his Mona Lisa. Yeah, he has a couple of those. He, oh, he has so much good work. God. And we knew he was fighting. And we, I just saw him at the last Blitnikoff event. And I had a moment. I knew he, he had, you know, he, he wasn't going to win this fight eventually. And I got a call uh, earlier today from Danny Serafin, who is the founding lead drummer of Chicago. Iconic Dan Danny Serafin, right. Chicago, that band. And he told me Scotty passed. And on Saturday, uh, Dennis Hesbert, who plays 
played the president in 24. Uh, you remember him? Oh, yes. All state commercials now. Uh, Danny, the Chicago legend, uh, Dennis Hasbert, the great actor, Fred Bolitnikoff, and myself, to name drop, are going to play a round of golf in memory of Scotty. And I have a very heavy heart tonight. So I wanted to mention him in the podcast because I lost a very good friend. Brilliant work. Did he get, you know, his work does, and I would never say this to him. It's always very important in life. Avoid the cliches. Avoid cliches. So I wouldn't say this to him, but I'm asking you. You know, I, I would compare his work slightly to maybe to Leroy Neiman, which yeah, is which, exactly which Leroy. is a great compliment, but did yes. he get did, did he did that bother him when people said it? No, a matter of fact, I wouldn't know enough to ask him because it's very similar type of artwork. Leo yeah. Neiman was was more famous in that field. Scotty was right there behind. Right. Him. Scotty's right might have been better as and as in, in that it was less abstract than Leroy Neiman. Leroy Neiman, hey, what it wasn't for everybody, but his, his Scotty's work is brilliant. I have a couple of original Scotty Medlocks in my home. You do? Oh, yeah, I got two of them. Uh, they're great ones with Fred Bolitnikoff and Ken Stabler. And then there's another iconic Raider one that he signed for me that he did. And again, it, it's just, you know, that honor. might end up being your bigger retirement plan than any retirement plan you have. It, it's now really that he's good. passed on. And, and Scott, I, I mean, I, I know it's not polite necessarily to, for you to bring that up, but I'm bringing it up because now I just thought, you know, artists work are always skyrocketing after they die. Absolutely. And Scotty was the guy at the end of the night, at the end of a long night would be the last guy at the bar. He was the last guy at the guy. bar <laughs> and everybody would surround him. And then you'd see him wow. the next day and he'd be the first guy on the putting green and you'd go, wow. Okay. How did he, how did he get there? How, how did he do that? But I uh, want to say Scotty Medlock, rest in peace. Wow, you made it through all 38 excruciating minutes of the JT and Looney podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I should say the award-winning JT and Looney podcast. Thank you, Rocky Mountain News, Denver, Colorado, for naming us the podcast of the century. Oh, and I need to mention that the JT and Looney podcast is powered by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.